0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show March Madness. Well, let's begin. There's a lot of fun basketball on right now that we get to keep an eye on. Uh, but we also have. Roughly a billion things going on in the NBA <laughs> right now to dive into. Not all of them positive either. Uh, Keith, I've got my my multi screen on right now to try to watch as much basketball as I can at the same time uh, yep. while hosting a podcast. It's not easy, but it's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I mean, we'll probably fail spectacularly at this, but but that's fine. <laughs> that's you know, we're pioneers. We're trying something new here. Yeah, for sure. It's you know, it, as much as I have fallen out of college basketball. I, I don't watch as much. Like I kind of hop it's in. A time and thing. Yeah, that's it. It's a time thing. I'm just so focused on the NBA. I pop in. And when I, you know, if it's a Saturday afternoon, there's no NBA on and I can catch a top prospect. I'll watch that. All that said, these are still two of the best days of the year for the mm-hmm. sports calendar. Like just so much fun. Uh, as we're recording this, uh, Thursday afternoon, Furman has already pulled a massive upset over Virginia, which is kind of funny. Like, is it? Cause Virginia, has lost three of the last four tournament appearances in the first round to a your double digit seed, including the first ever 16 over a one, but still, you know, seed wise, massive, massive upset. So a lot of fun. I was a uh, watch caught that game with some friends and uh, we we're all in a, a sports bar and everybody went absolutely bonkers and bananas. And that's just a lot of fun, right? Like being yeah. in that environment. So yeah, the turn attorney is, is wonderful. It's absolutely a blast. And if you are watching this, we're going to assume you're a big NBA fan. If you are yep. interested, you can go over to my Twitter timeline at Keith Smith NBA, and you can find a link to my NBA fans viewing guide for the NCAA tournament. And what I did is over the years, as I add draft prospects uh, into my player database, I pulled them all out, put them in there with who they're playing, what time they're playing, what channel you can find them on, all that good stuff. So if you're really only interested in watching this thing, they'd see like, who, who's that He's playing right now, but that Brandon Miller kid—what does he look like? Or yeah, what about that—that you know forward on Duke or whatever it is? You can pull that and find all the games there. It's—I think it's a pretty easy, simple to read. There's no analysis, none of that stuff. No, no rankings of my own, nothing that. It's just players and where where you can find them on TV during the tournament.
1: And uh, we should mention as we're watching all of this and talking college hoops and all that, uh, Keith. Tomorrow is Friday. Which means front office Friday. We've got yeah, our live show. Our live show
2: tomorrow. Should we just say same time? We'll go one o'clock Eastern time tomorrow. Perfect. That
1: there works we go. for Me.
2: There That's we go. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll jump in and probably keep an eye on some turning games while we talk yep. and you know all that stuff. Maybe talk if you know if we've seen enough guys who caught our eyes maybe and things like that. So yeah, I have a lot of fun. The first couple front office Fridays have been an absolute blast. So yes, I'm super are. excited to do it again.
1: So come join us. We will be live tomorrow, one o'clock Eastern time, right here on the NBA front office YouTube channel. Come join us. You can ask us questions, comments, whatever, and we'll uh and we'll chat for a little bit while we keep an eye on college basketball. Uh Keith, we need to we need to kick things off though with a story that like the tweets are coming in right now, and I don't know mm-hmm. if it's better or worse the way these are coming in. Lonzo ball yeah. um was announced just moments ago that he's gonna undergo another knee surgery and it will cost him next season so he will be out the entirety of next season with another knee surgery and then Woj adds in there are concerns about Ball's ability to resume his career and hopes that this surgery which could cost him another full season will give him the pathway to play again Uh, he was weighing the procedure as of last week I don't know exactly what this knee surgery is that he's considering but it's going to cost him all of next season with the hope that it allows him ultimately to get back out on the floor. I mean, this is what we've been talking about, Keith. This has been the, the fear. Not just does he get back uh, uh, for the Bulls this season, does he get back next season? Does he get back at all? That now yep. seems to be in question. This is this is not where you want to see a young player's career go.
2: Yeah, it sucks. It, it, there, there's no other way to put it other than this sucks. Uh he just to remind everybody, last season with the Bulls was having his best all-around year. That he had had in the NBA, that through 35 games he was shooting 42% from three on 7.4 threes per game. So really good volume. Five rebounds, five assists. His assists were down a touch, but that's because remember he was playing with Zach Levine, with Demar Derozan, guys who had the ball quite a bit in their hands. 1.8 steals per game, almost a block per game. Just. And it was easily the best I'd ever seen him play. That Bulls team was really, really good last season through those 35 games that he played. And then he goes down, doesn't get back for the end of last season. Now find out he's he's had a second surgery, missed the whole season. Now this third surgery. And it really worries me that we're already, the reporting is there's concerns he may not be able to, go back and this is kind of sounds like almost like a last hope thing to revive his career this this just sucks hey it's it's awful all around i mean we'll we'll get into a couple of the other concerns there but just keeping it on its face and about basketball this is one of the guys who's not he's not a star but like one of the really good fun younger players in in the league i mean i I think we we kind of forget he's still only yeah just look he's only 25 you know he'll be 26 at the start of next season. So by the time we see him play, we 27 with two and a half years missed um, of his career. It's kind of—I mean—that's kind of Jonathan Isaac like, and yeah. you know, and all that. And then you—then your question is going to be: you're probably going to wonder for years can he stay on the court, right? Is he going to yeah. be able to stay and get back and all these things? And it's funny. I had someone just the other day say, well, Clay Thompson, right? He came back and he he looked good and did sure. all his stuff. And my thing with Clay though, was Clay had different injuries, right? Like he had the torn ACL, then he had the torn Achilles. So for him, like he was coming back from different stuff. This is one thing where they're talking about, like in Lonzo Ball himself has said, like, he can't even like, walk upstairs. He can't do anything without yeah. pain. Like, and that's also, you know, let's hope the surgery just fixes that for the rest of his life, you know, because that, that's also, you know, just terrible. So yeah, just, I don't know that this, this whole thing sucks all around. I I don't, I, I don't know any other way to put it. Like it can't be any more eloquent than that because that's just all it is.
1: I, I think you, you hit upon everything that is far more important than what I'm going to go to here. And so I'm glad that you, that you said all that first. But the in terms of the Bulls, 20.5 million on the books next season, 21.4 million in a player option after that. What are the Bulls options from here with this? They know he's out all of next season, essentially, yeah. um, unless you know, he heals quickly, which, look, historically, Lonzo does not heal quickly. He's not mm-hmm. he's not even even just on random injuries that you know, back when he was a rookie, like little things would keep him out a bit longer than you would expect. Yeah. So he's not necessarily a fast healer. So assuming he misses all of next season, what are the what recourse do the Bulls have, or is this just essentially going to be dead money on the books for next year, and then they just keep their fingers crossed because there's no way he's not picking up that player option for the following year?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. He'll pick that up, you know, as soon as the time is right to do that, and you know, and that's and he should right. That's money he earned, not right now, but he earned it, you know, earlier in his career, and that's why. you get player options as a players to give you yep. the, the agency and the decision making power on that. I would say in the immediate, the bulls will next season, probably, you know, petition for a disabled player exception. Uh, it'll be, you know, half his salary cause it'll be slightly less than the non-taxpayer mid-level. So, so about, let's call it 10.2 million or so. Um, that's a signing tool that they'll have I to be able to get somebody with that somebody. Yeah, for sure. Cause they should be, depending on what they do with Nikola Vucevic um, in, in his next contract and, you know, uh, IO DeSunmu, Kobe white. They've got a couple other free agents. They should be able to stay below the tax probably. I think um, we'll see, you know, kind of how it all comes together for them. But I think in that position of, you, you, you kind of then almost have two mid levels that you could go and use Problem with disabled player exception is you can only sign a player to a one year contract on that But if you have it right at the very beginning of the year when you're still a kind of free agency is going on You're in a better position than getting it. You know, months into the season when free agency is kind of picked over So you'll have that the other question would be if he can't make it back Then you But this is really, we're talking a 24, 25 type thing. That final year, you can petition to say, yeah, he can't play. Let's get this wiped off our books. But we won't know that for probably at least a year from whenever he has this surgery of, you know, what does it look like? So just, you know, all all around, they're, they're in rough shape. I mean, that is, you know, that's like you said, that's 20 plus million sitting in the books the next two years. That's just kind of dead money. Like it just, you know, it's, it's almost no different than having a player that's waived with one positive benefit for the bulls. They could at least trade them. If they wanted to do a trade, you could trade them, throw a pick in there, eat a questionable contract from another team instead, or whatever it may be you know, that, that could be something to consider down the line. You know, we'll, we'll see where that all goes. But right now we're probably looking at at least a year of ride it out, get the dis- disabled player exception kind of go that direction. But yeah, just, you know, absolutely brutal news for yeah. Chicago. and you know, more importantly for Lonzo ball.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is a uh, terrible stuff. Not it's the way it's felt like this has been trending over the last few weeks, but yeah. obviously not what we wanted to hear now here in March that, Next season is now going to be out for Lonzo as well. That is, uh, that's brutal. And that's um,
2: different, right? Because we had heard, I want to say in the last reports, was yes. hopeful to get back around the start of next season. And it's right like, now we're hearing like my missile hole. Like that's just, I don't know, whatever they found is going on in there. It must not be good. No, you know, that's no. that's the brutal part.
1: Not at all. Not at all. Uh, let's jump over to a, to a story we've been keeping a close eye on. And that's the John Morant situation. Uh, he has been suspended by the NBA. Kind of. I mean, yes, he's been suspended, but the games where he's been away, um, and he's been going through counseling, and everybody knows the situation, so I won't bother rehashing exactly what happened or anything. But um, those games are counting towards essentially his his suspension, so he is eligible to return as of Monday, I, I believe. But the Grizzlies are saying they're going to give him some time to ramp back up because he hasn't been playing basketball this whole time. So th- so it's doubtful that he actually plays on Monday, but. Uh, he would be allowed to play in a game on money. Is that the way you were expecting this to go for them to count the games that he's already been away as as counting towards his suspension?
2: I, I, I thought they might have counted some of them. I didn't know mm-hmm. that they were going to count them all. I do kind of wonder if they were thinking, all right, we're going to tack two games on to whatever amount of time you've already missed. Uh, yeah. The big change in this is he loses, I believe it's almost $900,000 um, mm-hmm. from this because, Prior to this, he was not suspended, so he was still getting paid in full, getting each you know uh, game check, if you will. Um, that's not really how it works. It's not like somebody hands them a check at the end of each game and they they run off and you know deposit it in their bank or whatever. Take a picture on their phone. Now I'm not that old. I do that as well.
0: Um, <laughs> it's, uh,
2: um, they, um, but he's. It, it, that's how you kind of refer to it as you lose a game check. So that's the difference. Now it's, it's a, they already served six games of an eight game suspension is kind of how this is being looked at. And I, I don't think that's unfair, you know, for anything. I think it's probably the right way for the league to handle it. He's already stepped away. I think had he not stepped away you might've still seen an eight game suspension. And I think they're yeah. giving him some a little bit of credit here for, Hey, you, you, you stepped away on your own and kind of, kind of did the right thing. And, and I thought his interview with, with Jalen Rose was, was good. He's obviously was coached up. He's had some training on how to handle things and handle some questions. Sure. And, you know, it's not like Jalen Rose was like, you know, getting in there deep into his past or anything, but, but I thought it was a good first step for him to show. And I thought he did show like, yeah, man, I screwed up. Like I like and I'm gonna own that. Like I made mistakes here, and yeah, that needs solved. So so we're, we're we're in a spot where hopefully this all gets moving in the right direction here over the next couple of weeks. Think for the basketball side for the Grizzlies. Yeah, he serves the next two games. Then he gets back, ramps up probably for my guess is four or five days, and then get back in action. You will have a week, week and a half, then to close out the season with him on the court, and off you go with that. So I think that's the direction we're headed in.
1: And ultimately the, the NBA was unable to prove that the gun was his or that he had taken it on a team plate or anything. That's why we didn't see this, you know, we were hearing all that, you know, fifty game suspension and stuff like that. Well, yeah. they they weren't able to find any of that. So that's that's why it, yeah. it came out the way that it the way that it did. So hopefully this is like we said when this all first started. Hopefully this is the low point for Ja. This is the wake up call, and it's all up from here.
2: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt.
1: Uh, speaking of suspensions, Draymond Green has been suspended. Not for anything like what John did. Though. Draymond <laughs> yeah. G- Green suspended for the accumulation of technical fouls, so he will miss uh, the Warriors' next game. Uh, I haven't looked. Who do the Warriors play next? The Hawks.
2: The Hawks. Okay. Yep. An equally disappointing team, I guess. Yeah. Middle of the road, <laughs> record disappointing team, however you want to wanna look at it. But, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's... And this is one of those things I think if you're the Warriors, where you just kind of yeah, all right, that's gonna be you, how it goes. He's probably you knew it be was coming.
1: Yep. And frankly, I, I think like Draymond sometimes get away gets away with stuff because he's Draymond. You know yep. what I mean? Like so. Yep. I mean, I'm not gonna say like, oh, he's got a bunch that were undeserved or something. He probably could have gotten more, but at this point, he's a veteran. He's known for you know the way that he is and, and all that. Um, and, and so he probably gets away with a little bit more than than some other guys do. So. And whatever, he'll serve this suspension and then and then move on from there.
2: And it's funny because I I saw this discussion on Twitter, almost I forget who it was, I wish you could remember, said very similar to what you just said is like, yeah, you know, Draymond probably, he's, that was his 16th technical foul. He probably should have like 40 this year, but the refs give him leeway and they were going back and forth. And in my head, I was thinking about it where it was like, you know, it's right. We all have those people in our lives, friends, family, whoever it is. You're just like, yeah, it's just kind of how they are. And we yep. just told mm-hmm. you. It's no different with this. You know, the refs are like, yeah, he's going to yell a lot. And, you know, when he goes over the line you team up and you hopefully shuts him up and we move along. Or, you know, if it doesn't, we'll throw him out of the game and he does get ejected a couple times per season too. And then you just kind of, kind of, kind of go about it. But he, but he he, does, he gets a lot more leeway because it's, Eh, that's just draymond like that's
1: it's kind draymond of being draymond and,
2: you know yeah, yeah and that's i mean it's all part of it you know it's people are human too they're people are human that's what a stupid <laughs> sentence that was uh there, there is. there's, are there's
1: evidence that keith is keeping an eye on college basketball <laughs>
3: while we're recording this every podcast. time i turn my head this way i'm looking at the tv
2: <laughs> so yes uh that <laughs> might be a little distracted <laughs>
1: Uh I see I see I was at least smart enough to put my TV right on the other side no. of my camera. So,
2: so I, I should move my 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 <laughs> I should reposition here, but I, I kind of I like this because I'm also looking out the window, uh like behind oh. my camera. So it's uh that occasionally, if you ever see me looking off this direction, it's because of something has caught my eye outside. I'm probably basically you, nah, no we don't yeah <laughs> that would be a problem because we're not next to to water immediately that, that that would be interesting if we saw one rolling down the street we did have on the other side or the back uh yard of our house a few years ago there was one kind of rolling around in the grass back there but yeah so all right well there's well, your florida wildlife update
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right let's uh let's jump over to lebron james his foot is indeed improving the lakers are still uh, expecting him to miss the, the bulk of the regular season, nothing really new there. That's what we've been uh, saying for weeks now. But uh, good to hear that his foot is indeed improving. He's no longer wearing the walking boot. And thank goodness he is no longer riding around on that scooter. Uh, if they had to give driver's licenses for riding on a scooter, I don't think LeBron would pass the test. <laughs> Uh he was he was always a, a little he looked a little shaky on that on that thing. So yeah, he was taking corners a little
2: faster than I was comfortable with. Like he come yeah, he'd right. flying down the side and I was like, dude, slow down. I, I <laughs> again, I'm old, I guess. I just you know I worry about the young lads out there with, with their scooter machines.
1: That's right, that's right. And the young LeBron at 38 years old, um, <laughs> flying around younger than but, me. <laughs> but good good that he is indeed. Uh, Improving and and hopefully I think the best case they get him back with like a handful of games left in the in the season but yeah we'll see it's gonna he gets reevaluated in like a week and that's gonna be uh, important what comes out of that
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed.
2: Yeah, I've kind of got my eye on maybe. So they've got a weird. I mean, I know you're aware of this. but what a weird schedule to close the season. They've done a five game home stand, then a five game or a yeah five game road trip, and then two home games again to to close. So just yeah. a weird, you know, kind of, kind of stretch. I would be looking at maybe that that those two home games at the end, uh, Suns Jazz, more just get out there run up and down and play in an actual game for a little bit and then obviously maybe if they really mean something to the Lakers and the chances are they will whether it's to get yep. into the to to the playoffs or to the play in tournament or just positioning in that. Um and it's important to remember too you know I've heard some people be like well you just got to get into the play in tournament well yes but you would much rather be seven or eight because then you're yep. gonna you're either going to host the first game and then you get a second crack at it. If you're, if you're, you know, if you lose, you get that second chance to still win and hosting the game. So, so, you know, obviously they would rather push. And that's, that's not even one of those things where, I mean, tell me if I'm completely off base here, but for a little while, it's kind of like seven or eight might not even be in in question now. And that's definitely right there uh, for them. If they, they can keep playing well. Okay. You know, let's just own this. What in the world the two teams you and I associated with. Oh yeah. Like, what are we doing against the Houston Rockets? Both just throwing away games. Like just just complete no show. Yeah. And
1: the Lakers, like the Celtics are at least in a position where they can. Yeah, the Lakers
2: can't. I I don't know. I mean, they're trying to now hold off Philly. (laughs) So oh for the three? Yeah, for the for the two two, three spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean to to
1: not go down to the three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I I see that. Um, yeah, yeah. And, And I mean, I look at how do you how do you not sign another another center <laughs> if you know Anthony Davis isn't playing back to backs and Mo yeah. Obama gets hurt? How do you not run out and sign somebody and go? Oh my gosh, Wendy Gabriel six nine two oh five, and this is our starting center, now, our yep. only center on the roster now. My goodness. Yeah,
2: I've seen a lot of people saying like the Lakers have to go get New Orleans Noel. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know maybe if they're going to do that. I yeah, I don't know if that's the guy I'm going for, but yeah, it is. It well, is yeah you know, weird, but. Yeah, ah, uh, good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably yeah. definitely not happening. I yeah, kind of forgot about that issue. aspect of it also. Yeah. That that's probably out the window. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was funny. I don't know if you saw I I would try to go find it, but I know he's a Pistons fan. He tweeted at both of us uh <laughs> yesterday and was like, "What in the world are your stupid teams doing? Stop." Um, yeah, or no, he was a Rockets fan rather, saying Oh yeah. um stop what are your stupid teams doing stop letting us beat you in games and then a Pistons fan replied to it and said no I appreciate it continue to you know, win, <laughs> win games over those teams. because of the tank so, race yep yeah exactly oh. it was, they're, they're kind of dueling for that uh, number one spot so yeah I, I gotta
1: tell you watching, watching that game it, it looked like a YMCA pickup game for, for the yeah. first half it was gross it was just throw the ball to somebody one on one ISO go back do it again the other way
2: Rockets oh. are a tough watch man I don't want to see they, that again yeah, I in you know Celtics playing the Rockets too. It was so discouraging for me because it's like they don't run anything really. Like no. it's you know, one action into an ISO and that's it. And that's and that's if they even get into that first action. But on the plus side, Jabari Smith Jr. really figuring stuff out, starting to play pretty mm-hmm. well here down the stretch. So as the billionth reminder, don't give up on rookies. 25, 30, 40, 50, even 82 games into their first season. You know, some of them take a little while longer, especially the ones that are coming in at 19 and 20 years old. And he's really starting to figure it out and play pretty well. He, he I'm, I'm not going to say he's going to be the best player in the class, but I'm not going to close the door on it either. I think he's still got that chance.
1: Keith, That is not the way this works. You're know, supposed right? to, yeah. like two games into the player's career, definitively <laughs> say that this player is a bust or this player is a star and then you just stick with that forever. And, and that's that's the way hot take culture is. And you have to take victory laps every time they look good and just deflect, deflect, deflect every time they look bad. That's the way it works. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah.
2: Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, I will also say, too, because both are covering teams led by rookie head coaches. And I know nobody on either fan base that we you know, cover here want to hear it. But it should the same rules should stand for rookie head coaches yes. too. They they figure it out as they go. But let's move on to the next topic because I don't do want you. to get yelled at.
1: Right. Let's let's <laughs> do that. Uh, Andre Iguodala has fractured his wrist. He's going to miss a solid chunk of time here with that. But you know he was really just kind of getting back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a veteran you can turn to in the playoff time come playoff time. But I I don't know how much he he really helps the Warriors right now.
2: Glad you said it first because I and you said it much nicer than I was going to be because okay. I was going to be like, you don't want to be a jerk, but does this even really matter? Like, I i don't know. I mean, he's been hey, great, right? I mean, over his career, yes, over his career, yes. And he did come up big at moments in the finals. Uh, yeah. last year, he had a couple big, you know, he had a couple three pointers where it was like, those are those ones where you just throw your hands up and you like, all right, we're not winning because. You know, Andre Iguodala is knocking down shots, so it's over. Right. Um, but I yeah, I think where he's been at this season, I think the Warriors are fine, right? It's it's and if anything, this probably forces them into all right, what is what is our plan now moving forward? Mm-hmm. What's plan like he's not gonna be here. We get anything out of him moving forward, it's a bonus. I guess one slight thing is it's in his left wrist, so maybe that's a little easier to work with yeah. as far as coming back because he's a right handed shooter, but I I I don't know. We'll 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 see where all this comes. And this, you know, this is this this bad part is, if this is it, this is a crappy way for it to end. You know, a very long career. You never want to see. I always want to see everybody go out on their own terms versus you know they're sidelined going out that way.
1: Right. Right. Uh, Jumping over to you mentioned Nerland's Noel earlier. Uh, The the Nets have signed Moses Brown to now replace Nerland's Noel, who's somebody they'd signed. They give him a ten day contract. The Nets are going to give Moses Brown a look. Always intrigued by Moses Bridges, the the size, the wingspan, yeah, huge. huge. Uh, but he's just never really stuck anywhere. I don't know if that's going to change here with with the Brooklyn Nets. I know a lot of Lakers fans were throwing their hands up. Why didn't we sign that guy? You know, but <laughs> yep. um, but the Nets do do sign Moses Brown and they'll give him a bit of a look again, another ten day contract. And I think they're just searching for somebody who can kind of be a a backup big for them and see if there's somebody that they like and and want to hang on to for a bit here.
2: Yeah, that's that. That's it. I mean, they needed something, and this kind of to go back to our New Orleans Noel taking the clutch sports relationship portion out of it. I mean, he just hasn't shown much. Like he, mm-hmm. you know, it's starting to be where that's one of those ones where it's like I think the, there's still some people clinging to that he was a top, you know, what was he a sixth pick top five or I think. like that? Oh, maybe he was six. Yeah, it was, it was, some, yeah, it was either five or six. But yeah, it was like. I think that shine's completely gone. I guess for some people they're like, yeah, I polish it a little and it might still be there, but but I I I think it's gone. I, I just I don't see it with him. And yeah, Moses Brown, I mean, he, he put up some big games when he was with OKC in a you know an extremely you know kind of low pressure environment, because that's before they'd started to kind of turn the corner and be a little more frisky. But I don't know. I mean Celtics fans, I including myself, were like when they got him in that trade, when they got Al Horford, he was kind of a toss and was like, all right, this is cool. Like, maybe yeah. this guy can, you know, be something. He might, you know, look like something. we did a lot of deep dive articles and stuff for a dude who never played a game in Boston because then he got flipped in a trade for Josh Richardson. But it just, yeah, it's, I don't know, like you said, he's never quite been able to stick and put it together, but an absolutely massive human being. So, you know, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe, you know, sometimes pigs take years to figure it all out. So we'll see.
1: Uh, he has been on one, two, three, four, five NBA teams at this point, and he's only 23. Hmm. And he started at 20. He's bounced yeah, around. That's and that's not lot. even including Boston in the mix because he got flipped. Yeah. Is
2: that that's including the Knicks? Because he didn't even play for them either.
1: Uh, no, I'm just looking at the <laughs> yeah. teams he recorded. Since he's actually for. played for. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I got, wow. geez, I was, I'm a little surprised it's that many. It's Portland.
1: Portland, OKC. OKC. That, that, oh, actually, you know what? I'm not going to tell you. Let me see if you can do it.
2: Yeah, it's Portland, OKC. Uh did he play for Dallas?
1: Yep. He um, even started a
2: game. Wow. Uh hmm. Yeah, I can't get the other two.
1: Cleveland and the Clippers. Oh,
2: uh, that's right. COVID calls. That's for him. That's pretty good. COVID that's that's pretty good. Then, yeah.
1: Keith, you would you would
2: dominate who he played for. yeah i yeah i would get 100 percent. i can tell you that right now there's not a player in the league you can't ask me and i would definitely know who they play for like that would yeah yeah i yeah i would be upset if i ever missed one (laughs) who he played for his entire career that that gets a little trickier like don't ask me ish smith i'd probably i mean i'd have to just name half the teams in the league and i'd knock down ish smith's uh, you know teams but you yeah. would get it
1: just by default like yeah right you know yeah. you'd have basically everyone. a 50 50 shot <laughs> yeah. each time because he plays everyone
2: for except for boston because he's a celtics killer and it somehow that's the one team who's never won and got him there's always
1: that one guy that one guy that yep. just it goes off on your on your team every it time feels like...
2: every time he plays the celtics he puts up big numbers
1: psychologically there must be something <laughs> behind that i wish i wish we I knew know, like is yeah. every team has that guy that just that just always goes off here for the Lakers. It's been Ricky Rubio forever. Always has these big games against the I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, every, anyway. you're
2: and you're absolutely right. Everybody's got those guys where it's like, oh, this guy again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know.
1: Um, Mitchell Robinson, not happy with the New York Knicks right now, which the Knicks have been playing good basketball. Yeah. It's not often that you hear somebody come out saying things that you know they're not pleased when a team's playing well. I mean, I know they had a, a bit of a slide there, but Overall, they, they had a, a great win streak. They're you know, right in the mix in the Eastern Conference. But uh, Mitchell Robinson, not thrilled. And you know what? The Knicks, they thrive on the offensive glass. And he is such a big part of that. He is a, a monster on the offensive boards. I could kind of see where, you know, he's asked to do a lot of the dirty work. Sometimes he's losing minutes to Isaiah Hartenstein out there as well. And I could see where he could get a little bit frustrated when he's just kind of asked night in, night out to be that guy that's That's doing all the work, banging on the boards and everything. And then, you know, he's not necessarily the one that's getting the the glory.
2: Yeah, they run no plays for him. They don't really even involve him in actions. Basically, almost everything he gets is like self-created off an offensive rebound. To that point, he takes 4.8 shots per game. And he averages four point three offensive rebounds per game. So basically, he's collecting his own, re- collecting his own team's miss and going back up with it. That's yep. that's a little reductive. That's not exactly how it works, obviously. But um, but yeah, I mean, this is a guy starting center um, on a pretty good team. And he this came out after they played in Portland. He only played 21 minutes in that game. Isaiah Hartenstein played 27. The most rigid rotations in the league belonged to Tom Thibodeau. He basically splits the minutes at the four and the five. Um, and you gotta be a little disappointed if you're the Knicks, because they won that game. You know, you've been winning, you're playing really well, you're playing the best you've played, you know, with well over a year because they were down last season and then you know here he goes to instagram spots off about tired of just doing cardio out there yeah you get it but that's something where it's like man like you tell me that as your teammate right like don't you don't need to post that for the world to see like let's let's you know vent to me as your teammate right let's let's do that so you kind of wonder is you know what, what what does this look like? Does you know anything happen? I don't. I don't think Tibbs is going to bench him or hold anything against him or anything like that because he's too important to the team. But yeah, it's just frustrating.
1: Yeah, it is. It is, and it's something that um, you know, typically winning cures all. That's that's the the saying, and usually oh, yeah. that's true. But in this case, apparent apparently not. And again, I understand his his frustration, sure. but um, I, I would have to imagine this is probably just him venting for a moment and. I, I'm going to say this is nothing until it's until it's something. Until this becomes like a repeated thing, yeah. it's just something you kind of file away and remember, hey, he's not too, too thrilled with this, but it's it's nothing for now.
2: And this is where your team leaders, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, uh, Derek Rose, you kind of put your arm around them at practice, pull them aside and be like, hey, we don't do that. Like, yeah, let's, let, let, you good? Good? Let's go. Wait, and that's it. You can just kind of leave it at that.
1: All right, last thing we've got for today, Myers Leonard. Oh, we got uh, one
2: more. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Oh, oh, I am missing that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, it happened right before the show, but we'll we'll do Leonard. That. Then we'll go. We'll close them. Oh, way. actually, I've got I've got two more. I oh, missed them. Right. They
1: got they got buried on my list here. I got is two he, more. Okay. Is he day, so let's like talk, you Said. Yeah. Okay, let's talk Myers sure. Leonard. Signs with the box. know we've already talked about Myers Leonard to the box and why he makes sense as a stretch big, yeah. and that's their whole scheme and all of that. So uh, we don't need to rehash all of that, but. Myers Leonard is going to be with the Bucs for the remainder of the season.
2: Yep. Sticks for the rest of the year. It is a, you know, I confirmed on first spot track yesterday is a one year remainder of the season contract for Myers Leonard. And this is a chance for him to continue that process of working his way fully back into the NBA. It's one thing to do it on a couple 10 days. Now you're there for the rest of the year. Uh, whether it's Milwaukee or others, we'll see. It wouldn't surprise me if this one turns into, you know what, hey, we want to bring you back on a minimum deal or a smaller deal uh, because he does fit really well. It kind of becomes like, hey, we're going to – he's not Brook Lopez because Brook Lopez may win defensive player of the year. Probably should, I think. But Leonard can give you a lot of what Brook Lopez gives you in a sense of you don't have to completely change your style of play uh, if you put him out there on the floor.
1: Right, you can run a lot of the same stuff with yeah. uh, with Leonard out there as you could with Brook Brook Lopez, at least on the offensive end of the floor. Uh, all right, let's get to the Bogdanovich extension. Uh, just came out right before we uh, we started the show here. Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, signing an extension with the Atlanta Hawks, uh, sixty eight million, if I recall off the off top yeah, of my head, yeah, four years, yeah, over four years. Um, this is you know pretty big it, chunk like, of change, yeah, seventy
2: million dollars a year, yeah.
0: Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
3: The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop mypatriotsupply.com today. Mypatriotsupply.com.
2: You know, I, I'm a big Bogdan Bogdanovich fan. I yeah, think he's really, really good. I I do what's our plan here in Atlanta? Because now you've got him and Sadiq Bey and DeAndre Hunter and AJ Griffin and he's got DeJounte Murray and that's a whole bunch of dudes that all play the two, three positions and I know you can play Bay at the four some and Hunter at the four. This, this to me more probably signals I, I don't know. I shouldn't expect this by any means but maybe we do get a John Collins trade and then they move on and maybe DeAndre Hunter become, and Sadiq Bay become kind of a combo four man group there with Jalen Johnson who they're also very high on and, and this is like, hey, let's keep a little bit of our depth And if we move on from Collins But right now, I mean, you're talking a team that had We're going to do quick math on the fly here Because um, just while, while I'm pulling that all together He will, um, well, how this works is he's going to decline his player option for next season Then the, the, whatever his salary is next year will replace that in the extension They already had $143.6 million on the books before so let's say first year salary in this extension let's just say it's 15 million. You're at 158 million and now you're already you're you're only a little bit below the luxury tax line. On the plus side, that's 10 guys so you can still fill out your roster relatively easily without tripping into the tax there, but you're going to be kind of buttoned up against it. We'll see. So but maybe a Collins trade frees up a little bit of flexibility if that comes, but yeah, I mean to me this is the Hawks maybe read the room and said now, the free agent class isn't very good. He yeah. is pretty good. Uh, somebody might throw him eighteen to twenty million a year. Let's not mess around. Let's get this done today.
1: Yeah, and I think it makes sense from that perspective just to get this done. I, again, you know, he's hasn't been starting for them or, or anything like that. You know, he's, but I think he's a starting caliber player. Yeah, um, who can come in and give you really good minutes and and do some good things. Like you said, you're a fan of his, and and if I'm Bogdanovich and I'm I'm thirty and I'm going to be 31 come August here and I can lock up a four-year deal. I, I think this is a smart move on, on his part too. In addition to and why the team would look at this and say, let's do this.
2: Struggle with some injuries over the last yep. couple of years too, including a knee uh, surgery that kept him on at the beginning of this season. So yeah, just smart by him. And, and for anybody who's might be like, what is Trevor talking about? How is he you know, going to be 31? Uh, you know, we'll turn, turn 31 over the summer. Remember he played, outside of the NBA for the first five years after he was drafted. So yeah. it was uh, one of those things where he was drafted in tw- – well, I guess, I guess it was the first three – next three years. But he was drafted in 2014 and then didn't come to the NBA right away. He started his career in Serbia and then played in Turkey uh, before uh, coming over to the NBA. So he came over a little later. Um, it just seems like he's you know only got a few years in the league because he does, but it's just because of the way his career arc kind of went together.
1: All right, last thing we've got. Joel Embiid oh, yeah. now is the MVP betting favorite. The Nuggets have dropped some games recently, and that has pushed Embiid ahead of Nikola Jokic. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Do you think that's correct? Should should Embiid be the favorite? I know your guy Jason Tatum was getting a lot
2: of buzz early in the season.
1: Uh, where do more. we ultimately yeah. land here?
2: Yeah, and Tatum's out of the mix. I mean, maybe he gets some top five votes, but he's out, Luke is out, I think, because he... The Mavs aren't good. They haven't won enough. Uh, so to me, it's kind of a three three man race. It's Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis. So I'm still gonna mm-hmm. keep in there. I don't expect Giannis to push all the way through the end of the season. You know, with, with the amount of games, I would expect he might miss a couple because I think the Bucs are playing to win a title. And he's already won MVPs. But if he plays all the way through, maybe he's in the mix. My my first initial takeaway on this is nothing to do with the players, but this is why we don't need to have MVP arguments at Christmas time. Like, you know, this is this battle that is waged daily between Embiid supporters and Jokic supporters, oh, it's out of control. Yeah. Like it just it's I mean, in the in the level of like vitriol that's being thrown yep. at people from both sides of this is you know, it, it's it's pretty gross. Like I just like I mean, and you know what? But I think it was Bill Simmons who said it is like, can I watch the last two weeks of the season and then decide like do, do i have to decide in the middle of march like you know let, let's let's let the season play out all that said i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ride the fence on this i i'm kind of leaning and myself now too yeah. if philly runs down boston finishes in second they're not gonna they're not gonna run down milwaukee that's that's too far gone but if they run down boston and finish in second i i, I think we've got a real chance of seeing seeing Embiid. You know, win an winning MVP. And that's, and that doesn't change anything from the prior two seasons. Jokic was no. deserving of those. And honestly, if Jokic wins this year, it'll be deserving this year too. It's, that's how good these guys have been. But, but I, I, I'm, you know, two weeks to go, I'm leading Embiid. But again, I'll make, you know, my final decision after the season ends and we see, you know, we have the total sum of work. And last thing, I don't want to hear anything about, you know, well, what about this and that with, you know, playoff success? It doesn't, none of that matters. This Playoffs, is a regular season rule award for this regular season only, you know, and not, none of the other stuff matters, but there it is.
1: How how crazy would that be though? That Jokic can average a triple double for the number one seed in the West and not win MVP. And there be like a legitimate argument. Why, why he wouldn't like you can yeah. make a, a real argument for MVP. Like that's, That blows my mind that that Jokic is dominant the way that he has been. And he's not a lock for MV. I mean, that just tells me that, you know, the NBA is in good shape in terms of, of top end talent. Like that's that's absolutely incredible
2: good shape and we're smarter the way we consume and analyze basketball when we don't let our own fandom and passions take over too much like it tells us you know hey that would have been before you'd look at that stat line you look where they're in the standings and be all right, done easy mvp now it's like ah you know and be does this and this on defense somebody posted a clip from the Cavs game there's no stat involved with this but he completely destroyed an entire Cleveland possession all by himself. He covered, I think it was Darius Garland on a drive to the rim. He dumped it off to Evan Mobley and Bede recovered to Mobley made Mobley instead of going up with it dribble it out and then mobley kind of handed a grenade because the clock was running out yeah. to uh, maybe like lamar stevens or somebody and Embiid challenged that shot stevens missed and they're off the other way and it was that was Embiid, a one-man wrecking crew destroyed a possession against a really good cleveland team and that's just yeah. you know that's the stuff that gets missed so hopefully those are the things we're all you know smarter fans on seeing and all that stuff so yeah it's it's you know but let's let's let the next two weeks play out and see where it goes that head to head matchup. They have coming up again. Oh man. That's mm. going to be like must watch TV because Embiid you could tell had something for Jokic last time.
1: Yeah. They're going to, they're going to go at each other in that one. That's going to be uh, a lot of fun to see. I can't wait for that one. In fact, what's the date on that? March 27th
2: coming up. Yeah. March 27th, yeah. Coming up.
1: That's going to be a big I can't one.
2: Believe we're so like the season's only got a couple weeks left. It like, feels like it just started. crazy sometimes
1: (laughs) sometimes but then again i think of like russell westbrook in a lakers jersey and i'm like oh that was like two years ago right no no it was like a month ago okay um anyway thank you everybody for joining us come join us tomorrow for fun uh front front fun front office friday Yeah, it's Uh, it's gonna be a good time it will be fun uh come join us again one o'clock eastern time we'll be live on the nba front office youtube channel Till then everybody see ya, and stay safe